Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Pumpkins to start. I hear you. Lithium. All right. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Patrick Johnson. It's great to be with you. Ben Byram is the producer of today's uh, Hey, show. Ben. Let's go a little bit here. Corgan, by the way, big uh, loves a cup, sports fan, and owns owns the wrestling franchise. NWA, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Hey, it's great to have you uh, along. Boy, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. Uh, Mike Maniscalco, voice of your Carolina Hurricanes, who clinched a playoff berth last night. He is going to be on the show with us. So, looking forward to having. Uh, Maniscalco, I thought we were going to get the hockey horn. You were looking. I was looking. Has it, Have you still not repaired your damage? Ah, there we go. Come on now. So Maniscalco will be alongside in a little bit. Love uh, having uh, Mike on. And here's the great thing about uh, this is we're not talking to the public address now. No, we're actually talking to the, the voice of your Carolina Hurricane. Woo! Um. So yesterday, you know, Mondays are, because when we have a lot of stuff going on like we did yesterday, like we wanted to get all the uh, Mike Houston audio out. We still have some of that if we want to go back and play some of that. We're going to have some other uh, pirate players we couldn't get to yesterday. We have our weekly conversation with Coach Godwin. We enjoy that. So I didn't get to a couple things that I wanted to get to. And uh, one of the uh, items I wanted to mention was, uh, our, our we love Cornell Powell. Rose receiver was Clemson's leading receiver this year. He's going to get drafted. Oh, you're setting it up like you're about to well, no, they, say something. They here. were kind enough to invite me to his draft party. Oh, okay. But I, I have an assignment this weekend, so I can't make it. I, otherwise, I would love to. Are you tripping? No, I, I'm I'm not. I, I have to work and make money. But um, we're going to get Cornell next week on the show. Probably Tuesday is what it's looking like. Uh, but I, I just couldn't help but think, and I've talked to some people, you know, that uh, know Cornell well, and we 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 love Cornell. They really do love Cornell Powell. There is someone who could have said, you know what, it's not working out here. Uh, and I'm not talking like his first year. I'm talking into the thing. It's like it's not working out. See, now my computer's died, Ben. So all the stuff I had for Maniscalco is gone. I got you. But you know, I also had a great article from Darren Ravel, which I, I can't uh, put up right now because I, and I don't have my power cord with me. Oh, what you can't have at a draft night? It was a pretty interesting article because there's certain things, you know, because you're starting to see this week the promoted tweets that are coming out from guys who are going to get drafted in the high rounds. They've, yep. just, they've done a deal with, I'm just giving an example here, uh, the Acme Sandwich Shop. 
okay or you know uh the acme clothier or i got a good uh, hoagie or or you know uh, a car dealership but there's a whole list of brands you cannot you can't be seen eating certain things or drinking certain things on television and people in the background who are into your in your entourage at your draft party at home can't be seen eating certain things it's really wild and i know what a fan of Ravel you are thankfully i've taken copious amount of notes today so we'll be fine but my point on Cornell Powell is, you know, Cornell is, he he stayed, he put in the work, and now he's going to go be, he's got a degree, he's engaged to a beautiful, beautiful woman, and he's going to be in the NFL. I mean, that's kind of the American dream in a way, you know? And regardless of what he does or does not do in the league, he has set himself up very nicely for, you know, a, a career uh, with a degree post NFL, and they'll have some money, hopefully. I, I just, you know, I, I have a high opinion of Cornell, and I thought it was very kind for them to invite me, a uh, a schlep to the to the draft party. B baby wasn't invited. I could I could say you could go in my stead if you want to go. It's Friday. <laughs> they're going to do something Friday night. Do you want to go? I'll I'll, I'll go. Uh, oh, you're not working Friday. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. See? Come on. You have an assignment as well. Mr. Scoreboard Reader. So, I was looking through some draft stuff today. And I I see this. Uh, the Panthers thing has me very concerned. Jim Zoki is going to be with us Thursday. You're concerned. Well, I keep seeing fields. And, in fact, Mel Kuyper, and this is something I had up on the screen, of course, that now is blank. Mel Kuyper has put out his final uh, draft board, right? And... Kuiper has him taking fields, or at least he has fields, the eighth best player available. I don't like that. Well, so I've seen fields, but I've also seen the kid from Northwestern, Slater. Slater, yeah. The offensive lineman, and uh, the other kid from Oregon. Although I'm seeing more Slater than Sewell. So, but I also see where Slater, now, your boy Mel Kuiper, he of the Quaff, has the tight end that you don't want the Panthers to take. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts isn't going to be there. Oh, yeah. Pitts is, he's got him number two behind Lawrence. That's going to be the Falcons' mistake. Now, who's picking second? The Jets. Kuiper has him number two. I no, I think this is his big board. So that doesn't mean who's getting. That's his big board, yes. No, it's not a mock draft. It's just a big board. Who's the best available? Like, who's well, the best player in the draft? Well, what do you think if you have the big board? That the team would take the second, the bet you take the best player available. No, they're going to get Zach Wilson. They're going to get a quarterback. So then, Pitts will kick down to third. No, the uh, 49ers will also get a quarterback. Well, they've already said as much, right? Yep. Did we? Did you? The Garoppolo's that, not a guarantee. What was it that the coach said? I said we're not the, guaranteed to live to a draft. Right? Day. I, yeah, you might not. I can't guarantee anybody's going to be alive. Yeah, on exactly. Sunday. I can't guarantee somebody's going to be on the roster which is a great comeback. Uh, so, all right, so the what you showed me with the big board, does not, he's not forecasting who's going. That's who he thinks is the best yep. player available after Trevor Lawrence. He's even quoted as saying that he's the best tight end he's ever graded, ever. Well, why wouldn't you take but him? But he then? can't block. Yeah. And you say he's slow. Back, <laughs> back to Cornell Powell. Everything I'm seeing on Cornell, uh, Cornell now, there is some, some thinking, and I think it could be a wee optimistic, 
that Cornell may go in the second round. I think Cornell is an early Saturday guy. Uh, third round, fourth round, possibly falling to the fifth. I could see that. The issue is going to be the res- there's such a depth of receiver, and you could get receivers in this draft yep. that you will not have a ton of uh, a run on receivers early, I don't think. Now, that's what happened last year, correct? And that kind of didn't work out for yeah. some teams. So that could be a change of philosophy this year. Because, but we know the NFL is a copycat league, and they'll copy whatever was done the year before, uh, even if it's just moderate success. Um, Deontay Smith is looking anywhere from I've seen Seattle in the second round, but I've seen more. Wow. I've seen more of a fourth, fifth, sixth round kind of situation, and it seems to be the average is fourth. Speaking Which, of Mel Kiper, at one point during the year, he had him top ten in his uh, offensive lineman on his. Offensive lineman, big board. There's interest, I guess, in the Titans camp, Jacksonville camp, speaking of the Jaguars, Seattle camp, Denver apparently is interested in the beginning of day three. Uh, even the Panthers, and if, if he were to be available in the late rounds, might go and get him. I would hope they would have gotten a tackle by then. Nothing against Deontay Smith, but come on, Panthers. And then if you look at all the other players that are available, the feeling is that Kendall Futrell will be back on a practice squad with a chance to make a 53-man roster, but probably not get drafted. Uh, Blake Prohl, probably not going to get drafted, but he actually has worked out very well, Yep, and his stock is up, and they feel like that there's a chance he will latch on to somebody as a, as a free agent, undrafted free agent. I've even seen somewhere he might sneak in in the seventh. And, and I've seen yeah. that too today, reading some of that today. Uh, there's a chance, but right now he's the, the if you kind of take the average of yeah. all of the prognostication uh, prognosticators uh, picks, he he's not in. But yeah. there are some that have him in as a a seventh round guy. Uh, the projection for Blake Prohl seems to be, you know, a fourth or fifth receiver, but a special teams guy that you can rely on. Uh, and then there's Jake Verity, who uh, I think it's you know he's going to get tryouts. That's kind of the, the the plight of Jake Verity as a kicker. I've been seeing where he's been working out as a punter. Is that right? Yeah, working on his punting stuff. Interesting. So that's kind of what the local lay of the land uh, looks like. And uh, look, I, I I'm happy for Cordell. I'm I'm happy for Deontay Smith. I'm glad to hear that uh, Blake Prohl is kind of marching. Uh, up in some people's uh, opinions. Uh, look, I when we talked to Blake Pearl, that was great. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, and we like Kendall Futrell. He's he, the times he's been with us on the show, he's been great. So local I, kid. I hope, yeah. So I, I'm hoping next week we're not only talking to Cornell, but we're talking to Deontay Smith, and we're talking to Blake Pearl again. Parts and the pros, exactly. And and so, you know, I don't know if I said this to you on the show or if I we were talking about it. I think we talked about it the day Mike Houston was in here, both on the air and off the air. You know, as much as the team feels like they're a bowl program going into 21 and that they can get to that level of of getting ECU back to a bowl game, which I firmly believe could happen, it could be tough, but it could happen. Oh, yeah. It's only going to be tough because the schedule's brutal. Got to remember the conference. Well, And the non-conference is brutal, too. The whole thing's brutal in 21. But I think they'll be, if healthy competitive and and look I, I'm not going to be nuts and say you know 
nine, ten wins or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, no. But, I mean, I think get some breaks, stay healthy, you could get to a bowl game. I really do believe that. What that looks like at the end, we'll see. But, you know, I just I look at this as I think part of the revitalization, the rebirth of pirate football, it's as important to have guys' names called this weekend. And if it's one guy, fine. If it could be multiple guys, even better. You know, if there's Futrell making a roster as a as a, you know getting into a practice squad again and making a roster, that's great. I mean, th- in other words, that's stuff you could sell people. Recruits is what I mean. That's that, that's a story you could sell them. So we'll see. Uh, I I just thought the fact that Fields could still be there. Do the Panthers take him? Jim Zoki's going to be with us Thursday, so we'll get Zoke's uh, take on this, and that'll be uh, right before the first round begins. Very exciting times uh, in Charlotte as our pal Jim Zoki will join us Thursday. Uh, ECU defensive coordinator uh, Blake Harrell will be with us on Wednesday, and then we've got Mike Maniscalco coming up in a few minutes. We've got to get a break. A couple things I wanted to mention, uh, and I've dug them up now, but of course I've lost them. Um, <laughs> uh, we are airing on our sister station, 1037 WTIB, the Northside Pinetown 1AA football championship game. On uh, 94-1, I believe it is, down at Greenville towards the coast, or uh, Newburn towards the coast, we air Havelock football. Trevor Donnell does a fabulous job doing that. And so we've got um, uh, kick him in the arse Tommy Bass. Uh, I love Tommy. I talked to Tommy the other day. He's a hoot. Uh, we've got our guy, Tommy Bass, who does the Edenton football. Tommy, since Edenton got blasted by Tarboro last <laughs> week. Tom, Pretty upset. Tom, Tommy's allegiance is, well, he, he was short-lived because now he's hopped on the north side Pinetown bandwagon <laughs> awfully quick. Oh, come on. His whole Twitter's all Edenton. I, kinda... I, well, look, he's like we all are. We're all hired guns. But... uh <laughs> McGee on they're playing the fighting McGee's on sports. Northampton. Northampton, uh the home of our our great the late great Philip Horn, who was the all-time passing leader back when they ran the triple option. So that ran a whole lot of yards for old Philip. Maybe 20 yards. God rest his soul. Yeah, I think it was like 180 was the all-time passing. And then McGee came along, they started throwing the football West Coast offense, and McGee left there as the all-time passing leader. Now that was 20 years ago. Something. A long time ago. So uh the Fighting McGee's will take on uh, the Fighting McGee's. To change the mascot. Down. They ought to change it to the Fighting McGee's. Fighting McGee on sports. Uh, I also got an email today. Uh, Bethany Bradshaw is, uh, of course, a great friend of ours here, right? We love Bethany. And uh, Bethany has written a book on George Whitfield. And, we, you know, Coach Whitfield has coached He's a North Carolina coaching legend, coached at ECU. And uh, Leo Hart has written the forward for this. It's called Covering the Bases. It's going to be available next week. And it's uh, about George Whitfield's career in baseball. Bethany Bradshaw has written it. The umpire, Claude Kennedy, is kind of doing the press for it. And they reached out today, and they're doing an event at my old stomping grounds, Parrot Academy, on uh, uh, Monday. Yeah, Monday in the afternoon. And we may, I, I got to look at it, I just haven't had time to really look at it that closely today. 
But we may do our, you know, because we talked to Cliff on Mondays. We may do the first part of our show from the book deal. I don't know. We're work, we're we're looking into that. We're short staff, so I'd have to carry the equipment. And I'm not big on carrying the equipment, Ben, as you know. <laughs> I don't like doing that. So we'll uh we'll tell you about that, but you can pick up uh the book and where you could get this book. But there's a new George Whitfield book uh that is out. And um I'll get the info on that. We'll pass it along to you where you can um you know buy the book, order the book online, I'm sure, et cetera. Uh, covering all the bases, George, George Whitfield's extraordinary life in baseball, and it talks about everything. You know, he coached at Goldsboro, coached at Richmond County, Pitt Community College, North Carolina Hall of Fame member, American Legion Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm just running through Coach Witt's dossier here. Uh, was the coach at ECU, worked co- very closely with Coach LeClaire, went to uh, Parrott and coached even a few years ago, won the state title in 2015 at Parrott in baseball. It is available May 3rd, uh, and we'll get to exactly where you can pick that up. Uh, but I'm sure Bethany will be at this event and uh, Coach Whitfield, so we may uh, we may go there. And, and it might be a thing where we go there and get interviews and play them later in the week next week. I, I, we, we're still sort of working through that. Oh, they're, they're mailing books to people? Okay. Okay. Where do you do that? You can use Zelle, uh, the, the banking app. and uh, never you, heard of that. Or you could just mail a check. To an address they got on their. Uh, is there a website? To send people. Uh, to? I'm going to check that out real All quick. Right, Ben's going to work on that, but there's a new book coming out. Uh, final thing here, we got to go uh, because uh, we got to get uh, Maniscalco on, and they've got a game tonight, so he's got a broadcast to prepare for. Um, and I, I didn't have a chance to bring this up yesterday, and uh, we did bring it up when we did this. But uh, thanks to our friend Daniel Shepard, who uh, was running one of the ECU websites we were affiliated with, and Daniel got a job out in uh, Nebraska or Montana or something. Is I mean, actually a really good sports writing job out in... in I think it was like one of the Dakotas or something like something that. Something like maybe. that, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was Montana. I don't know. But uh, Daniel went out there, and when I last corresponded with Daniel, he was on his way to Kansas City to cover something. So, uh, But he's out kind of that upper Midwest, you know, working in the newspaper biz. And it, when he told me about the job, I was like, you got to take it. It's a great job. And it's just not like, I mean, they're actually paying him good money to live out there. So I said, you got to go. But uh, he, he did an art. He wanted to do an interview on me to, you know, do a paper or something. And I said, sure. And originally I thought it was for his website. Yep. But it ended up being for uh, like a periodical or something. And then they called me. And this was back in August. I was at the beach. I talked to him for two and a half hours. Uh, ben, you know I'm I'm full of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I say stuff, you know, when I'm performing sometimes to kind of be self-deprecating and funny. Yeah. Well, he took everything that I said that was self-deprecating and funny from this fabulous two-and-a-half-hour interview I did with him. He doesn't have much of a sense of humor, huh? And he put that in the article as if it's the truth. So it makes me look like I'm, I'm homeless. Does it come across well on paper? No, no, it was fine. No, he really did a good job with the article. It's just, you know, I, I gave him some good stuff. And I and he put the stuff in there that makes it look like I, I ha, I'm living in a box or something. So I said to uh, – they called me – he called me back up after he did the initial interview and said they want to put this in a magazine. I said, what kind of magazine? And why aren't you putting it on your website for crying out loud? I told you a great story. Yeah. He said, well, we're going to put your uh, – we're going to – it's like an, a, a com- school of communications alumni magazine. 
And so I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, you know, they've done articles on this guy and that guy and this guy and that and that guy there. And I think to myself, my story's as good as those guys. So yeah. why not put my uh, stories in there? And so I said, okay, that's fine. So, but that's when he contacted you. And then he contacted Jay Sunhalter. Did the same thing to me. <laughs> and he, and Ben's like trashing me in the article. And then <laughs> he, he talked to my wife who doesn't like to talk to anybody. Not even me. She really doesn't even like talking to me most of the time. But like she's as, as much as I'm a uh, an egomaniac and love the limelight, she does not she's very you know doesn't doesn't like any of uh, this sort of thing. Doesn't like really talking to people that kind of thing. But she agreed to do the interview, and I thought her quotes they used were very nice. But uh, anyway, I got a bunch of text messages Sunday. Apparently, this magazine is a periodical magazine, and, and ECU School of Communication distributes it. Through the Daily Reflector. So I got uh -huh. a bunch of people who subscribe to the Reflector. So I'm trying to get some copies of it. Just now coming out, huh? I know. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking about it. It's just like about seven a year and a half. late. Yeah. No, it's about seven and a half months ago. And I mean, at the time, we were just gearing back up and starting things. And we we're in the middle of COVID. And all the extra cool stuff that I've always done was not happening. Yeah. I'm in the midst of all the extra cool stuff right now. Because Sonny and I are doing the TV next week for state championships. And there's a great thing to put in the article, but nope. <laughs> not now. They can be look homeless. All right. But no, thanks to, to the people that did that. It was a very nice. And, and I got some really, really nice uh, text messages and messages from people. And I really appreciate it. Uh, and I think they got that it was a little bit of a humor situation. And I hope they, so. And they got the P-Man's humor, which, I don't. again, I don't know if it really was reflected in the article. All right. We're running late. We got to get Maniscalco. Let's call him up and get him on. We're going to give Bojangles away today, too. So stand by to dial for that the second hour. Or second half hour, God forbid, a second hour. Uh, second half hour, we'll have uh, that. Uh, but Mike Maniscalco, voice of your Carolina Hurricanes, when we return next. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. What? You want more? All right. On your flagship home of Pirate Basketball, 94.3 The Game at 943thegame.com. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, uh, Hurricanes get into the playoffs by getting a point last night. They've clinched. They have a game tonight at Dallas. Mike Maniscalco, game day Mike joining us uh, here. Uh, it's great to talk to you again, Mike. How are you, voice of the Carolina Hurricanes? I am doing great, Patrick. How are you? I'm well. I know you like a good deal because despite your uh, your massive TV earnings now, you were a radio schlep at one time, <laughs> much like myself. Uh, I've got one for you. I've got a haberdashery for you. I was going to tell you off air, but I couldn't. So I'm just telling you on air. Joe Sugar's uh, St. Paul's. It's a little bit of a hike. But they they have a big clearance thing going on now, and they have great suits. I'm just telling you, because we shopped at the oh, same I, haberdashery will, once upon a time. I will never. I mean, you've seen me, Patrick. I will never pass up a chance to get a good suit at a uh, radio or TV broadcaster's price. So I am <laughs> I am all about this. It's worth the drive. They have slashed their uh, their sales price tremendously. I'm going this weekend, by the way. Uh, all right, uh, Mike Scalco is with us here. So it seemed like that. The Canes had sputtered a little bit, and then they picked up a point in each of the last two, but they finally clinch a playoff. 
Is this a little bit of a, a weight off the collective shoulders? Uh, I, I think so. Anytime that a team wants to clinch a playoff berth, that that's always hanging over their head. But like when you say sputtered, you know, they got six out of eight points against the two other best teams in the division. If, well. if that's sputtering, I'll take that all season long, uh, which is what this team's done. And then, you know, they go into Dallas, they're, they're depleted uh, in the game last night and they, they find a way they crawl out of a two nothing hole. And then they tie the game late with their newest addition, uh, offensive weapon, Yanni Hockenpah, <laughs> who was brought in to be a be a physical presence, and uh, now the Canes all of a sudden have the second coming of the Finnish Bobby Orr, it seems like, so that's a good thing. But, uh, you know, I, I think it was on their minds, but also it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to clinch a playoff spot, Patrick. The fact that it's out of the way now, they can really just concentrate on the task at hand. But really the way that this season is set up, you want to get as many points as you possibly can because the playoffs – are going to be a different animal than what we're used to. So you want to be the number one seed coming in your division. You want to be the number one seed getting to the semifinals if you can get that far and having the most points. So right. while the Canes have clinched, the, the pressure, it might be alleviated, but there's still pressure to try and get the best record you can possibly finish with. So, so there, there are eight games remaining. What is the goal then with these eight games, I guess, to, to win the division, right? Yeah, yeah, win them all. I mean, that's the goal. Uh, Rod Brindamore said it last night, you know, they want to get all 16 points if they can, but, uh, if, if we can peel the onion back a little bit for me, it's, can they win the division while getting healthy? Because they are banged up right now. They don't have and haven't had uh Tavo Teravainen for over a month and a half with a concussion issue. Uh, Peter Morazic, their goaltender who, uh, if, Depending on, on who you talk to, the Canes have a 1A, a 1B, and a 1C goaltender this year, but right. Peter Morazic is, is nursing a lower body injury. Jordan Martinook has an upper body situation. Brock McGinn in the exact same situation. Rather, Martinook's in a lower body situation. Brady Shea is in the concussion protocol. So get out of these eight games accumulating as many points as you can without losing anybody else to injury and get ready for the playoff run. The great Mike Maniscalco joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, tonight at Dallas, you wrap up the six-game road trip and then back home uh, for five straight uh, at home. These sort of extended homestands and the extended, I mean, the road's the road. It is what it is. But these extended homestands, they also had one prior to that six-game roadie. Uh, how, how do you stay, how, how is the team, of course, you know, it's been a little bit of, as you noted there, uh, of a revolving door with guys in and out of the lineup. But how do you kind of keep, some kind of rhythm or, or freshness about, you know, being at home, or is that not really an issue with this team? You know, I don't think it's an issue this year, Patrick, because of how different this year has been for the players. And when you say the road is the road, uh, nine out of 10 times we have this conversation. I 100% agree with you, but this year, the road, you're stuck in your hotel room. There's mm -hmm. no going out. There's no going out to dinner. Uh, the, the team has had on a few days off the ability to, one in, in Florida in and in South Beach or in South Florida, they could go to the beach. Uh, they went golfing their off day in Dallas just to get out and have some sense of normalcy. But this year on the road has pretty much been you're confined to your hotel room where you go to the rink. So at home, I think it's actually more normal because there's more interaction. You get to interact with your family. You get to do things out, you know, outside of your house. You get to go outside of your house uh, if you need to. And those are, are things that you, you basically can't do on the road. So I think that's what keeps it fresh. And, you know, I think coming to the rink and, and being able to practice with your teammates, 
playing games. You know, that you don't have that, that bonding time that you'd have for a normal year. So I think being at home, you get to be around each other a little bit more uh, than on the road because you're not sequestered to your room. And uh, I think that's how you stay fresh for this. And if anything, it's an advantage because the the road teams this year have to be stuck in a hotel. Yeah. So, you know, they're going crazy. They're, they're, they're losing their mind from boredom this year on the road, as opposed to, you know, some people would say it's the Vegas flu that uh, when the Golden Knights joined the league, now it's, you know, you get stir crazy staring at four walls trying to figure something out. So uh, I, I think that the uniqueness of this year has kind of taken away any of that. You know, you've got a long road trip or you've got a, a, a long homestand. Do you get stale or how do you stay fresh? I think that everybody is on the same playing field this year whether you're at home for a long period of time or if you're on the road for a long period of time. I'm going to let uh, our producer, Ben, who's uh, a rabid Hurricanes fan, ask you intelligent questions here in a moment. <laughs> but but I, want to, I want to ask you this. Um, what are the – you know, we're hearing that in June the restrictions are going to be, you know, all but lifted here in North Carolina. This team's been going to Texas and, and Florida where it, it, in some cases it's Katie barred the door as far as uh, you know, being able to, to walk around or maybe back to normal in a lot of cases uh, down yeah. there. And both those states have done fairly well with everything by, by kind of returning back to normal in a way. So are there different league rules? What, was the, what will the team do if they're still around in June playing as far as will we see more fans able to, to go to the games potentially? Uh, that's a great question and, and one that I wish I had a, an answer to that I could give you here. Uh, in, in late April, but the fact is the NHL still has their protocols. Uh, and it's funny, uh, I'm the team play-by-play guy, and I'm not allowed anywhere near the team this year. Uh, and things have been color-coded at PNC Arena, where I basically walk in the front door, go to the press box, and, and that's where I stay during the course of the game. So the NHL is going to keep their protocols up, because remember, you're also dealing with Canada. Yeah. And Canada uh, has their protocols, and I mean, they're they're rolled back to where we were, you know, five, six months ago. So uh, there's only so much you can do uh, that you can allow fans in the building, but the NHL still has their six-foot rule inside the building. So if you can say, yeah, everything's 100% capacity, that's great, but the NHL still has the final say. Uh, State governments still have the final say, uh, depending what's going on around the league. Like you said, Florida and, and Dallas, well, they're, you know, Florida is Florida, and Texas is their own country anyway, at least they want to be. So uh, how that all works out. I, I wish I could tell you that we would see more. My gut feeling is there will be more people allowed in the building, but I don't think that we're going to see anything near 100% capacity. I just think that we'll be able to see uh, a few more fans come in. And it does make a difference, Patrick, if you oh, have yeah. people yeah. in the seats cheering as opposed to that pumped-in crowd noise. Well, especially in Raleigh. I mean, that's a building that uh, when the Canes have made great runs in the playoffs, that crowd is is amazing in that building. When that building's full, it's it's as noisy as there is in the league. All right, now the some intelligent questions from Ben. Mike, when you look at the Canes and how they approached the trade deadline, it seems like a big thing they were trying to improve on was the team's aggression and physicality, which you kind of alluded to earlier. And when you look back to the Canes' recent playoff series, specifically against the teams like the Bruins and the Caps, physicality was something they were definitely outmatched in, and it seemed to be a huge uphill battle and difference maker for Carolina when it came down to possibly getting past the first or second round and maybe getting to a Stanley Cup Finals or an Eastern Conference Finals. Now they've kind of addressed that after gra- grabbing guys like Paquette and Hockenpah. Do you think those accusations ac- accusations 
could be the X factor for Carolina and get them over the hump and get them into, let's say, a Stanley Cup final or maybe even win a cup? Well, I mean, it's nice to have it, but uh, I can point out they beat the Caps in that series, even though Tom Wilson you know, by. running They're around by. like, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, Wilson, well, they won. I don't care if you, you win in seven games, 19 games, or sweep them. I mean, a win's a win. Uh, and then they beat the Islanders, who were a big, rugged, physical team two years ago in four straight. And the Islanders were sitting back waiting for the Canes for that series to start. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to have some grit, Ben. you, you got to have it. But this isn't the, the 80s or 90s. It, it's not played that way anymore. You know, Scott Stevens isn't playing in the NHL. Uh, so while it's good to have it and, and have it in pockets, you know, this team I don't think is given enough credit for the toughness they have. And, and it's not dropping the gloves, but it's, they're physical. They take the body. Uh, they they had uh, that two-game set with the Florida Panthers that they just came off of before heading to Dallas. That's as physical of a series as you're going to see. And the Canes were were delivering hits, and they were the first one to you know get to the puck and then throw a shoulder. So, yeah, it's good. What, what Yanni Hockenpah also brought, yes, he's third in the league in hits, and that's something that you want to see. But you know, that's a, a guy who's playing in your, your third-pairing defenseman, your 5-6 pairing, and he brings a, a different attitude, but he's also a right-handed shot. And that gets the defenseman to play on the right side. So you have three righties and three lefties, and that's what the Kings were looking for there. You know, Cedric Paquette was a guy they were looking for, another good penalty killer, another guy who had experience winning the Stanley Cup. He just did it the year before. So I, I think those little things, it, it's not just everybody points to the Canes and will always talk about, you know, oh, they need to be more physical or the nature of that. But, you know, this is a team that, they don't shy away from the opposition, and we've seen that the last few games, and uh, we've seen that from a bunch of different players who've been dropping the gloves or you know throwing a big hit when they need to. But yeah, when you come playoff time, you got to have some sandpaper, you got to have some some irritants to your game. And uh, I don't know if just Paquette and Hockenpah address that, but they certainly make the the team on paper a team you look at and say, well, they hit more than what they did before they had these two guys in the lineup. Shifting over to Alex Nedeljkovic, he's had an amazing year and a big part of why the Canes were able to clinch the playoffs. He's considered a rookie by the league, and when you look at the Calder Memorial Trophy race, by the way, for the listeners, that's like the Rookie of the Year award for the NHL. <laughs> Should he be the guy to take home this the award this year? And if not, who's your vote? And I'll go ahead and make a case for him right now and give you the numbers, Mike. When you look at the Vezina race, which is awarded to the best goalie, the consensus is that either it's going to be Mark andre Fleury or Andre Vasilevsky. And even though he's played less games than Adelkovic, he's a he has a better save percentage than both of those guys yep. and a better goals against average than both of those guys. So he's he, he's done it against excellent competition within our division too. So who's got your yep. vote and do you think he deserves to maybe be thrown in there in the race? Well, I definitely think he deserves to be talked about as one of the three finalists. And for my money, I think that he should be one of the, the three finalists. And I'll throw the bias in there. You hit on the one key thing for the stats, though, Ben. Uh, the games played. You know, he, he hasn't, he's not above 25 games played. Uh, and where he'll actually get hurt is when you look at the numbers of Peter Morazic and, and James Reimer. Their numbers are really good, too. So people will take a look and, and say, well, the team in front of them is the reason why these goalies have, have put up those numbers. Uh, it's going to come down to uh, Kirill Kaprizov in Minnesota, and uh, the other guy is going to be a, a name we'll see tonight, and that's Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. Those are going to be the two guys who are going to get the most votes. Kaprizov had a blazing hot start to the year. 
uh, and Minnesota fans have been waiting for him forever. Uh, Robertson has been good all year long, and he's just been getting better as the season moves along. You know, he's on the, the Stars' top line. You'll see him in the middle of everything tonight. So I think those guys are one and two. I think that Alex Nedeljkovic should definitely be in that race. He should get votes for Rookie of the Year, but uh, the fact that he's not the guy in the nets for the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, that's going to actually – it's going to take away votes from him for both the Vesna and the Calder just because he wasn't the number one guy and people will look at the other numbers that James Reimer and Peter Morazic have put up and said, well, uh, that's a really good team, which I think is a shame because I think Alex Nadalkovich deserves a heck of a lot more attention than what he's gotten this year. All right. See, I told you the much more intelligent questions there. Uh, Mike Maniscalco <laughs> uh, with us here, Voice of the Canes. Appreciate you doing this on a game day. I just want to get a quick uh, just reaction from you on the report that it looks like the overall national television package is headed to ESPN and to Turner. Uh, so that takes it, I think, uh, off of broadcast television, although I believe the Stanley Cups would be played on ABC potentially, so that kind of returns there. Uh, but there also would be Stanley Cups played on Turner. How do you f- – it seems like that this is all kind of geared towards more of the streaming services, ESPN Plus, and then uh, I think it's HBO Max with, uh, with Turner. How do you how do you kind of view this? Is this the evolution of sports television? Because I mean, they are getting a lot more money than what NBC was apparently offering, according to reports. Yeah, well, that's the bottom line, Patrick. I mean, you know, you're in the broadcasting industry. Uh, whatever can make the most money, wherever you can get that dollar, and, and it's good for the league because the way that the league was looking at it, you know, with this year going through the pandemic, we keep hearing about the salary cap is going to be flat, and, and what teams have dealt with. For them to get this deal from Turner on top of the ESPN deal, I think this is fantastic. And I think when you talk about, you know, things are going to the streaming services, we have to stop being old, old people about this. That's the way that sports is being consumed yeah. and will be consumed in the future. It's going to be on our phones. It already is. It's going to be on our iPads. It already is. Uh, it's going to be on these streaming services. Uh, and, and it's kind of funny because, you know, all of the, the people who've cut cords who complain about it, well, you're going to have to end up paying for this at some point in time if you want these packages to watch your game. I actually think we're going to get to a model where games are going to be put a la carte. Like, you can buy the Carolina Hurricanes season package, and you can stream it to whatever device you want or to your smart TV. So I think this is great. I really do. And this is the model that the NHL has wanted. Look at what it's done for the NBA. Oh, yeah. And look at having looking at look at having that product, the NBA on ESPN and the NBA on TNT, and having your product every single night. And you know, I know a lot of people have bristled at what ESPN has become, but if you still have your property on ESPN, that's still the worldwide leader. Uh, it might be self-touted, but it's also true here in the states. So they're going to get far more coverage than what they've had since they came out of the lockout 16 years ago in, in 2005. So. I think this is nothing but a win for the NHL, for the owners, and I think for the players that they're going to have new revenue streams. There's going to be far more attention put on their product, and there's going to be far more ways to consume it. And ESPN is basically, you know, when we talk about broadcast TV, Patrick, how many people do you know don't have cable or don't have streaming or don't have right, satellite yeah. TV? Right. You know, I get, I get, I'm sure somebody's sitting in the hills somewhere with the rabbit ears in the tinfoil like we were when we were kids, but you know that's few and far between. And for me, this is, I think, something that had to happen, needed to happen, and 
for a lot of things that Gary Bettman has done to hockey that hockey purists are not big fans of, this is a big win for Gary Bettman to get a TV deal like this in this time done for the NHL. No, I agree with you 100%. I think you're spot on there. Hey, thanks for doing this on a game day, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you here over the next uh, couple weeks maybe. And Patrick, anytime, save me a suit because that, <laughs> that TV money that TV money is going to the NHL. It's not going to the broadcasters. <laughs> I will. I'm going to send you the. Uh, I'm going to send you the Joe Sugars uh, text. I'll send that over to you. All right. Uh, Please do. Please I will. Do, my I friend. know you. You. You love a good, not a cheap suit, a well priced, high quality suit. Thank you, Mike. Oh, I like. I like a high. I like a high quality suit for a price that you and I can afford, Patrick. <laughs> and everybody can read between the lines on that. We'll see you later, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> Take care, my friend. Bye bye. Oh, Beniscalco's great, isn't he? God, he's a good guy. He really is. And he, he, make, he makes the whole hockey thing interesting. He, he, they do a fabulous job with that. All right, uh, let's grab a break. Oh, no, let's do Ben Byram. He's got an update. Ben, the Canes play tonight. We've also got other stuff going on, so update uh, the world on what's happening. And uh, stand by to buy, dial for Bojangles after Ben. Thanks, Patrick. We start with ECU Women's Golf. The America released their all-conference honorees. Among the parts honored include senior Dorothea Forbrig and junior Julie Boyston-Hillstad. From the NFL, it's a big decision day for a lot of NFL teams. They'll decide whether they'll pick up the fifth-year option of their 2018 first-round draft picks. Players who have notable names who haven't had their options picked up so far include Saquon Barkley, Quentin Nelson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, among many others. Meanwhile, the Miami Dolphins have traded starting left guard Eric Flowers the Washington football team that includes a swap of late-round draft picks. And wrapping up for the NHL, the playoff-bound Carolina Hurricanes are back at it tonight as they battle the Dallas Stars. Puck drop is set for 8.30. Canes head coach Rod Brendamore has confirmed that rookie netminder Alex Nedeljkovic will start while Antoine Kadobin is expected to be in for the Stars. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Byron. Patrick? Uh, thank you, Ben. Ben's update brought to you by our friends at uh, Bojangles. Serving up their delicious chicken fixins and breakfast biscuits all day long in store or through a drive through if you're ready for some comfort food. It's bow time. Caller 5 will get a Bojangles gift card courtesy of uh, Interbanks Media, 94.3 The Game, and our guys at uh, Bojangles. 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. If you're Caller 5, you will get a uh, Bojangles gift card sent your way uh, via snail mail. And, uh, our guy that won it last week, was it Mike? Was it coach? The guy that was uh, the coach, he, uh, he tweeted that out. He thanked us uh, for sending him the Bojangles gift card last week. Uh, it'll be yours. Two, five, two, five, six, one game, two, five, two, five, six, one, four, two, six, three. Caller five gets a Bojangles gift card, a uh, pirate report and more ahead. More of the Patrick Johnson show is coming up. You want more? Like, you really like it. You right. want more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game and 943thegame.com. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Separated. Congratulations, Scott from Winterville is our winner of the Bojangles. They serve up those hot, fresh, made-from-scratch buttermilk breakfast biscuits all day, every day. It's bow time. Uh, we've got some more Bojangles to give away this week, right? Oh, wow. All Plenty right. of it. 
Hey, Scott, uh, you're the big winner. Thanks for listening. Thank you for calling in. Congratulations. Hey, appreciate it. Uh, sounds like I'm going to have my boat time. There you go. But uh, do you have, wait a minute. Do you have a uh, question or a comment you'd like to make? Do you have a question for Ben Byram? He leads a wildlife or, or anything you'd like to ask me? I'm, I'm happy to oblige. This is your moment in the sun since you, you got Bojangles. Okay. Well, I was, what I was going to say was I appreciate you having Mike on. Uh, long time season ticket holder Ooh. who actually lives in Pitt County. So uh-huh. uh, spent a lot of nights uh, harassing Mike on the on the telephone on his radio show after the aftermath. Yeah. yeah. Headed back to Pitt County from the PNC Arena. It may have had a few too many drinks few, along the way. Few, uh, Not driving, few, mind you. I was riding. Right, right. You were riding, but you had a few. You had a driver and you had a few beverages. That's why you, you must have... Uh, you must you 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 probably had to take out a loan because those drinks are pricey there at the uh, PNC. L- <laughs> let me ask you something, yeah, and let me just say this, and I mean sure. this very sincerely. Mike is as good a human being as you want to meet. He's a great guy. He he's earned his Absolutely. way up, and I know a lot of people like Forsland and all that, but Mike is is uh, he's he's fabulous, and I've known Mike for a few years, and I really do like uh, you know Alec Campbell, who's uh, the the David not uh, the Adam Gold producer. A Freudian slip. Uh, right. the Adam, slipped up there. Yeah, slipped up there. The Adam Gold producer. <laughs> David who? Yeah, well, exactly. And uh, so I, I really do like uh, Alec. Like, I remember I was driving to the beach last year in the playoffs, uh, and I was able to pick up the broadcast. And Mike and Trip Tracy do such a fabulous job. It was They were doing a radio-only call because it was on national TV. But Alec was really, really sharp during the, uh, the, the, the intermission and the pregame. And he's actually... I mean, he's really good. You know, I, I don't know what the deal is with uh, Gold Show, I guess, to having to deal with Gold. But he really is a really good and, like, pretty sharp. I mean, that's just a, a sharp, sharp. It sounds like a network. I don't know why I wouldn't think it would because it is a network, but it sounds like a high-quality network. So he does a fabulous job with it. All those guys do a really fabulous job with that. You know, I, I like Chuck Caton, well, too. He, I got to know Chuck a little bit uh, during my time up there working in Raleigh. And I felt like that uh, Chuck kind of got a raw deal in a way. I, I, I'm a traditionalist. I think you keep, uh, as the song said, keep them separated, radio and TV. But that, especially with hockey, that's not the way it's going now. We, we, you know, I don't think anybody in the NBA is doing it right now. Certainly football doesn't do it. Um, I'm not sure about Major League Baseball. I mean, Vince Scully did it, but by God, Vince Scully's, you know, God. I have to, I have to agree with you about Chuck Caton and, uh, and also Alec. He does a good yeah, he's filled in admirably for uh, Mike uh, as he's moved on to bigger and better things. And uh, I agree, Mike has kind of grown into the uh, the hockey uh, television gig, and he's uh, done it well. I mean, when he first started, it was a little rough, obviously, following John Forsland. Yeah, but he's probably, a radio guy too. No better play-by-play yeah. play guy in the uh, NHL. So yeah, uh, definitely, Mike has done a yeoman's job, and uh, we really like. You know, he's a lo- has a local flavor, so. You always root for the underdog, and he's a good guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, let me ask you, I, I, I was under the impression reading Kane's Twitter, and that might have been my first mistake, that the team was not getting the max out of the – I mean, I know they've got six out of the last eight points, but by and large, the last couple games. Oh, they've been losing. They've been losing. I mean, I know you get points, and it's some kind of cockamamie system, but you, you been, they, they ain't been winning. Given they're tough teams, but, they yeah, they have been losing. All right. I didn't. I was asking well, Scott, but thank you, Ben, for for answering that. Am I right on that, Scott? I was right on that, right? So, so of course they're on the road. So there is a little bit of a disadvantage on the road, with the home team gets the last change. But uh, they did take two from Tampa Bay, 
They won the first game at Florida, and then they lost in overtime to Florida, blowing a three to one lead. And then last night they lost. They came back from a two goal deficit and actually yeah. earned a point and so lost in overtime. Point is, I was right. More likes to say I, is a skills contest. I was right. So. I was right. So send, send <laughs> Scott, send Scott some extra Bojangles in the gift pack that we're sending him. Yeah, I could pull that off. <laughs> a break. We'll come back. Wrap so, it up. Thank you, Scott. Oh, do you have something to go ahead, Scott? Go. Quick. No, I was going to say, so while, yes, they've lost the last two games in overtime, they've actually uh, increased their lead in the Discover Central Division by one point. So, anyways, uh, uh, thanks for the Bojangles. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time, and you guys take care. All right. Thank you, Scott, for calling. Congratulations. We will wrap it up next. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Log on to our new website, 94.3thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. It was great to have Mike Maniscalco on. Thanks to him. Thanks to uh, Scott from Winterville. Congratulations to him on the Bojangles. Uh, tomorrow, Blake Harrell will be with us, ECU defensive coordinator out of the Pirates' spring uh, season. Looking forward to talking to him about uh, his thoughts uh, as he enters his second year as the defensive coordinator for ECU. Uh, Jim Zoki later in the week. And uh, we'll explain more. Again, it's available May 3rd, but the uh, book that uh, Bethany Bradshaw's written on George Whitfield covering all the bases uh, is available May 3rd. Uh, we'll give you an address. You can send a check. It's it's 20 bucks. That covers your shipping and everything and the app. We'll talk more about that. Uh, see you tomorrow. Patrick Johnson. Show.